friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, October the 28th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today. Thank you for being with me as we break open the readings for this coming weekend, the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. For those new to the podcast, welcome. It is good to have you. My name is Joe Zenk. I am a lay Catholic minister and uh, spent 30 years in uh, professional ministry within the uh, Catholic Church just recently, about a year ago. Stepped away from that role, and I am now a uh, hospice chaplain. And I have done, uh, currently reside in the Diocese of Green Bay, so in Wisconsin, uh, United States of America. Uh, and every week, what I do is I take a look at the readings for this coming weekend's common liturgical calendar. So what that means is not only will Catholics be hearing these readings, but many of our mainline Protestant brothers and sisters will also be hearing these same ones. Many of our Orthodox brothers and sisters will be hearing these same ones. We use a common uh, liturgical calendar, uh, a common lectionary. And uh, because of that, we go through these cycles. We are finishing up what is called year C. That is the year of Luke. We've got maybe three more weeks left of that. And then we will begin Advent again, which begins our new liturgical year. We'll go to year A. And when we're in year A, primarily the gospel that we will hear is Matthew. And those are in uh, ordinary times, of course, because when we are in uh, that special, those special seasons such as Advent, Lent, um, uh, of course, Easter, Christmas, we will hear uh, a lot of the same readings that we have done for, for years. Anyway, didn't mean to get on that. Welcome. Good to have you with. As always, my friends, here's my challenge, and then I'm going to dive into our readings, by the way, which are extraordinary this week. Extraordinary. You might think, Joe, you say that every week. Yeah, probably. Boy, these are like can I say like extra extraordinary? Is that weird? Probably, because I used the word extra twice. Um, but they're wonderful. But here again, always say it. So if you're new, I think it's important that you hear this. Before you hear the readings, ask God to open you and just and and just say, okay, Lord, Holy Spirit, let this this word find root within me and uh, and look for a word a phrase, an idea that the Word of God is going to carry. Because that, my friends, is where the Holy Spirit will speak. That is where the Holy Spirit will speak. And that's going to do far more than anything I can or even would would attempt to do. Okay? So with that, what books are we going to hear from today? Well, we're going to hear the first reading is going to be from the Book of Wisdom. And that is going to be... Uh, from chapter 11, verses 22 through chapter 12, verse 2. We'll talk a little bit more, very briefly, about the Book of Wisdom uh, on the other side of hearing it. But, brothers and sisters, pay special attention. Good, good, good reading. Then we're going to go to the Gospel of Luke, which we've been reading out of, right? Just said that. That's the common lectionary, year C. And we have graduated, if I can say that. Congratulations. We are on chapter 19. The last two weekends we spent in chapter 18, right? When Jesus talked about that idea of prayer and, uh, and what we come to that prayer with when last week we heard about the uh, Pharisee 
and the tax collector in the temple, right? Well, today we're going to go chapter 19, verses 1 to 10, a story you all know, but it's so good. It's so good. So when you hear it, don't shut down, okay? With that, hey, there's five minutes of preamble before we even get to the readings, but let's get to them because they carry the weight. So my friends, again, a word, a phrase, an idea. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Before the Lord, the whole universe is as a grain from a balance, or a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth. But you have mercy on all, because you can do all things. And you overlook people's sins, that they may repent. For you love all things that are, and loathe nothing that you have made. For what you hated you would not have fashioned. And how could a thing remain unless you willed it, or be preserved had it not been called forth by you? But you spare all things because they are yours, O Lord and lover of souls. For your imperishable spirit is in all things. Therefore, you rebuke offenders little by little, warn them and remind them of the sins they are committing, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And with that, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Didn't I tell you? Those readings are extraordinary. Brothers and sisters, and listen, I'm not trying to shame anybody. And so please don't take it this way. But gosh darn it, if, if you or I, if we didn't hear the extraordinariness of, of these readings, what is going on within us? Because they help convey to us 
the heart of God. How beautiful is that? Okay, wisdom. Let's talk a little bit about this. What on earth is this book? So the book of wisdom, my friends, uh, is what is called an apocryphal book. Now, if you are one of the Protestant brothers and sisters who listen to this podcast, first of all, bless you. And I am so grateful uh, to, to earn your trust and have you with, uh, with us on this podcast. Uh, our Protestant brothers and sisters, if they look in their Bible, will not find the Book of Wisdom, at least not in their quote-unquote canon, C-A-N-O-N, uh, the canon. That is like the, the ruler, those books that were selected as the books that were uh, conclusive by the, the early church as to the books that would, uh, that would be contained within Scripture, the canon. Uh, and this book, uh, in, in uh, our Protestant brothers and sisters' estimation, was not part of the canon. Now, that does not mean that it's an awful book and not to be used and, and contains nothing of help. Oh, gosh, that would be awful. No, even our Protestant brothers and sisters would say it is useful for teaching and instruction, but it is not part of the canon of Scripture. Now, we Catholics, if we uh, would look in our Bible, if it's a Catholic Bible, would indeed find it in there. Now, you might be thinking, Joe, what on earth? Why do some claim it and some others? Were there teachings that help us, you know, uphold something? No, it had nothing to do with that. It really had to deal with political issues and issues of who was in and who was out at the time and anger issues and things like that, really. Uh, and that's for another podcast at another time. But just know, brothers and sisters, that this book, at the very minimum, uh, contains things that are useful for teaching and instruction if you are a Protestant brother and sister and if you are a Catholic one. We consider it part of the canon of Scripture. We consider it part of the scriptural books. This is not the only one that our Protestant brothers and sisters would consider apocryphal. Uh, there are a handful of others um, that, that are within the Catholic Bible, even a handful of sections in books that we both share as Catholics and Protestants that, that would be more full within the Catholic canon. Uh, again, good study at some point, but just know that's where this book comes from. Written, as it, as it says, this is a wisdom literature. So you know wisdom literature was written latest within the Jewish canon, right? This is our Jewish brothers and sisters. Oh my gosh, at one of their heights. It is so wonderful. And written probably very close to the time of Christ, comparatively, right? So maybe within 200 years of, of the time of Christ. Why is it so beautiful? Well, I'm not going to be able to contain the fullness of that. But let me just say, let's point out a couple of things. Brothers and sisters, if you've ever wondered, what is the heart of God like? Let these words just wash over you, right? If you've ever wondered or, or have this image of God as distant judge, as someone... Um, with a critical eye toward humanity or maybe toward you or I personally. Brothers and sisters, hear these words that the author of the Book of Wisdom is saying to us. Now, this is wisdom. This is accumulated over the course, not just of, of the author's life, but over the Jewish people's uh, communal life, right? That they have come over these centuries to understand who God is. I mean, brothers and sisters, 
the book of wisdom stood on the shoulders of all those who came before the prophets and the uh, the torah and the and the writings all in in jewish literature um and and this is like the peak and so what is it saying okay before the lord of the whole universe uh, the, excuse me before the lord the whole universe is a is as a grain but but here's where i think it just at least for me it dives on a deeper level but you lord god have mercy on all because you can do all things and you overlook people's sins why because you just don't care no that they may repent you overlook them you give us time gently nudging us in the right direction in order that we may repent what does repentance mean remember it means simply thinking differently and because we think differently we act differently right you overlook those areas in our life where we have caused division within ourselves among other people uh, among our god and and uh, and 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 us you know because of our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts, our beliefs, our approach to life. Um, and you overlook people's sins that they re may repent. For you love all things that are and loathe nothing that you have made. This doesn't just mean me or you or, or the person that you dislike, it, but it does mean all that. But it means all of creation. You loathe nothing that you have made uh, and, and for what you hated, you would not have fashioned. And how could a thing remain unless you willed it? I mean, oh, brothers and sisters, this is brilliant, right? But you spare all things because they are yours. One of the things, one of the great gifts that I, I get to do in my hospice chaplaincy is I get to remind people that they are the daughter or son of God. And that God loves them not because they're perfect. God loves them not because they've, they've done it right. But God loves them simply because they are God's. Meaning they are God's children. Um, just like you and I. We love our children not because they are perfect. Not because they do it all right. But because they are ours. Because they are ours. And we love them. That's That's... That's really all it is. And that's what the author of the Book of Wisdom is saying about God. Um, but you spare all things because they are yours, O Lord and lover of souls. For your imperishable spirit is in all things. Ah, ah, isn't that just amazing? Now, why, brothers and sisters, would this have been paired with the story of Zacchaeus, right? Because that's always the case, right? It's, it's why would that have happened? Because the first reading was picked deliberately to coincide, right? Remember, God invites us little by little, right? He, he, uh, he invites us that we may repent. And that's what we hear a story here of Zacchaeus. He doesn't repent and say, oh Lord, you know, forgive me and fall on his feet and do all those things that we might conjure up when we think repentance. No. He simply changes his attitude and in changing the way he thinks and the way he encounters the world, he, he changes the way he lives within the world. Let's take a look at this. 
I know I'm already going longer. Gosh, that's way too good. I'll try to keep it short. I'm not making any promises. Okay, so Jesus is going through Jericho, intends to pass through town. A man there named Zacchaeus, right? Chief tax collector. We know tax collectors are, are they're in no man's land, right? Uh, because the Romans simply disrespect them. They use them. Uh, they, they're, they're Jewish people, and so they, they look at them as second at best class citizens. And so they are not on par with the Romans, so the Romans treat them like dirt. But the Jewish people also disrespect them because in a sense, one, they're working for the Romans and, and in working for them help uphold the empire, which they don't like. But two, they um, effectively cheat the people out of their own taxes. So if, if you, when you got your IRS bill and you had to pay your taxes and it said you owe $2,300, uh, you could take that to the tax office of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and say, here's $2,300, here's my bill. And he says, oh, no, but today you owe 3000 And And they had no recourse, nothing at all. They had to pay 3000 cough up an extra 700 Why? Because that way Zacchaeus got the extra 700 The Romans would get the 2300 but Zacchaeus took anything over and above, which is why he talks about extortion later. Because why? Because he did it. Because that's what tax collectors do. So again, nobody, nobody had any respect or love for Zacchaeus, except maybe his family, maybe his dog. Dogs are loyal, right? Okay, so he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Hold on to that, because that's a dangerous, dangerous game. Brothers and sisters, if we seek to see who Jesus is, do you know what may happen? Jesus may show himself to us. And then we are called to decision time because that's what Zacchaeus was. All right, so Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was, but he could not see him because of the crowd, right? It says because he was short in stature. Now, on one level, we read that and say, he's a short guy. Couldn't see him because of the crowd. The crowd was too tall, couldn't see Jesus. So he went to a place where he could see him. Simple as that. And you know what? It's kind of correct. That's one reading. But, but, Scripture has layers, right? Like, like, well, think Shrek. Shrek. Onions. Onions have layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. But Shrek, Shrek, nobody likes onions. We should talk about parfait. Everybody likes parfait. Oh, donkey! <laughs> if you haven't seen Shrek... You're missing the reference, and I didn't do it justice. Way too good. Scripture, my friends, always has layers. And so Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. Maybe the influence of the crowd uh, was what Zacchaeus was after, and therefore couldn't fully grasp who Jesus was because the crowd played too much importance into his life and how he made decisions and how he lived his life and therefore couldn't embrace Jesus because of the crowd. Um, there's any number of things that could keep us from seeing Jesus, right? I think of that wonderful song. I'm a, I'm a fan of Seal, so I'm going to date myself. This is like, what, 25 years ago when he came out with the song Kiss from a Rose. And there's one point, um, I don't know if it's in the bridge or the chorus, where he says, <clears throat> did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen? 
Um, and, and of course, Seal is not just talking about snow. He's talking about cocaine use. And he's like, did you know that when uh, I am under the influence of this drug, my eyes become large and the light that you shine, Lord, can't be seen because I can't see you because of, of, of this drug. Um, I, I mean, any number of things. Uh, our, our pride. We can't see Jesus because of, of our pride. We can't see Jesus because um, of our greed and, and our need. Or we can't see Jesus because of our consumption. Or we can't see Jesus because of our comfort. Or we can't see Jesus uh, because uh, of uh, our, our anxiety. Or we can't see Jesus, whatever it is. It's as unique as we are. Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. But here's the deal. He did something about that. He got himself to a space where he could see Jesus. So he goes on ahead, right? Runs on ahead, and he climbs a tree. Um, and, uh, and when Jesus passes that way, Jesus looks up, stops, looks up. So point number one, Zacchaeus wanted to get around whatever addiction, whatever fear, whatever, what, whatever it was that was blocking him from fully seeing Jesus. Do we want to do that? Or are we comfortable with whatever is blocking that? And, and there's a comfortable distance there. Because what happens, brothers and sisters, is when we attempt to see Jesus and get around whatever that block is, Jesus encounters us and looks at us and calls you and I by name because he does hear. He looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. Brothers and sisters, you who are listening, our God knows you by name. Why? Because he knows all things in the universe and upholds them because you are his. You are God's beloved. Don't take me, my word. That's the author of the book of wisdom. And he knows you by name. And when we decide we want that relationship, Jesus invites it and says, okay, come closer. Come closer and let's get to know each other. First point, Zacchaeus had to decide to get around whatever was blocking him from seeing. Two, he had to decide to come down from the tree. He could have said, thanks, Lord, I'm good. I'm good. I saw what you looked like. That's all I needed. Keeping you at a distance is okay. But he encountered. He decided to get down and look closer. Which brings us to the third point. All those things are good. It's good to see Jesus. And it's good to get as close as we can to him. But if all we're going to do is get as close as we can to him to say we have had that encounter, we've only taken it halfway, right? Remember last week, the tax collector, he did good things. He tithed on all of his income, right? And he, and he spent time in fasting. Those are good things, but it's only taking it halfway. He did not allow his life to be changed. He did not, quote unquote, repent. He did not turn around, think differently, and therefore act differently. But Zacchaeus did. When he encountered this one, when he got close enough, and God, of course, when we take one step toward God, God takes a hundred toward us, right? That's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's scriptural. Um, and so Zacchaeus comes down and um, they all grumble and Zacchaeus says, listen, behold, Lord, in this encounter with you, I know 
who I am and I know what I've done and I know that I need to think differently. Um, you have given me that gift of, of knowledge and insight into, into how my life has been and the choices I've made and the divisions and ways I've hurt other people. And behold, today half of my possessions, I'm giving them to the poor. And if I have extorted anyone, if I've cheated them out, which I talked about earlier from anyone, I'm going to repay it four times over. That 700 I stole from you, you're getting 2800 back because I know who you are. Brothers and sisters, he, Zacchaeus doesn't do this for the crowd. He does it because he, he's had an actual encounter with God. And when we allow ourselves, open ourselves to have that actual encounter with God, our God will meet us and will make us come to a decision point. Will we allow our lives to be changed? The tax collector last week was. He'd come to a point where he says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I know who I am. Open me up. Let's live life new. The tax collector wasn't ready for it last week. But this one, Zacchaeus, he was. Brothers and sisters, whatever it is that is blocking you today or me today from that encounter with our God, I invite you to have the strength, the wherewithal, to place ourselves around it, outside it, above it, so we can more fully and clearly see our God. And when our God invites us to that relationship, to sup with him, to be present to him and he to us. When our God invites that of us, will we have the strength to say yes and allow that to change who and how we are? That's what our scripture invites us to today, a decision point. And with that, my friends, let us pray. We continue through the glorious mysteries. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful week ahead. Thanks for listening. If you have a challenge for me, talked about it a few weeks ago. You are more than welcome to to do that. I'll see if I can live up to it. My uh, email will be in the show notes. But listen, be well and God's peace.